welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are amazing. Jones here on the mic tonight, and I got Coach K up top coming to you first, baby. What's happening? What's good? I'm still trying to get used to that, but all is well, man. Just uh, you know, still trying to get acclimated in the new residence and all that good stuff. Um, I think there's a creature in our attic here at nighttime moving <laughs> around in there. So, what's that show get... you was uh, talking about, BJ? What's that show you was talking about, BJ? Uh, Lovecraft Country, or something? yeah, Lovecraft Country, yeah. Hey, you know, well, some, uh, yeah, you I'm gonna craft my way out this country if there's something loving up in there. That's what <laughs> there I'm it is. There it is. All right, what's happening, man? Um, huh. I'm good. It's been uh, it's it's good. I'm good. Uh, but I want to make sure before I we go further, anyone on this thing watching right now to YouTube, I need you to subscribe and like right now. Don't smash it. Just lightly touch it and click the like button for me. I appreciate that. Thank there it is. Simple request here. Simple request. You must be good, man. You rocking that Eagles hat. Uh, very proud. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will go down in flames with them. It doesn't matter. But yes, this is a rough season. Rough season. We are not flying. We are <laughs> hey, listen, man. The end of that last game, I was like, oh, okay. Somebody just sprinkled some fairy dust out there. And in that last play call, I was just like, you got to be shitting me. Um, At least you can see that where you were. I couldn't see Here's it. the part. The, the part that, that burns me up is that our former quarterback is leading the Chicago Bears to their best season in the last who knows how many years. First of all, he ain't leading shit. I'm still pissed off from two weeks ago when they won that flute game against Tampa Bay. Uh, the defense is doing their thing as as they've been in the past, but I let that you know. Yeah, I'm still salty. Whatever. Still a quarterback uh, with a winning record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True that. BJ, yeah, what's going on, man? Are. I'm good, man. Like, look, we here. Weather's been trying to get us down down here in South Florida with the rain the last couple of days, but all oh, we're gonna prevail and push through because there's brighter stuff on the other side. Let's go. I agree. I agree, man. Uh, you got a flag. I didn't notice the flag in the back last week, man. Uh, where'd the flag come from? That's grandpa. Oh, uh, okay. My, Easy. My, my maternal grandfather. Um, well, at least my, both my grandfathers were war veterans. Um, mm -hmm. But this is from my grandfather, my mother's side. Okay. Appreciate them for that service, man. World War II D-Day, baby. There it is. And Frisco Fresh, man. What's happening? Uh, you know what it is, another beautiful day, checking out the skyline as the sun sets on another day in the 305. Um, man, shout out to, to, to Lynn. She is our first purchaser of some 13th floor merch, you know, so we want to send her a big shout out, salute. We got three shirts coming your way. She got all colors, man. I, I really appreciate that. That's definitely what's popping. Um, 
But I mean, I'll jump right to, you know, it got me so hype. It got me motivated and frustrated. I'll jump right into it. Let's get uh, this thing started off uh, right. You know what it is. Dive in. Anybody wants to sponsor me some 13th floor gear, just shoot us a message. <laughs> there it is. Let them know in the comments, baby. On That's YouTube, trifling, after, you, after you tickle the subscribe button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm going to say that again so y'all can get in the backside. I am a spiritual being having a human experience. I am divinely guided with each step I take. All things are working together for good in my life. I am light itself. Darkness was never meant for me. It can never cover the light of my soul. I enjoy my life to the fullest. I choose love, joy, and freedom open my heart and allow wonderful things to flow into my life. I know a lot of times it may seem like, man, I feel like that's almost something he said before, but a lot of times I have to give you guys the same thing in different forms. It's like, you can take a potato and you can make french fries, you can make mashed potatoes, you can make, you know, potatoes on grinding. There's a billion different things that you can do with potatoes, but at the same time, it's still potato. And so I like to give y'all a bunch of different ways to digest the same message so that you can have a message that actually resonates. Right now, we're talking about you being a light, being able to fulfill and understand that all that you are doing, experiencing, and having happen is for the same purpose, reason, and that's for you to be better, experience better, do better, and be fresh with We out here. Let's get this thing started, shall we? There it is, man. That's a great preservation right there, man. Kudos to you, bro. Kudos to you. I love the energy. That's how we get, get things going here on the 13th floor, man. Set, Coach K. Mine ain't set, baby. Absolutely, man. Especially that spiritual, uh, spiritual, say it one more time for me. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Right. Spiritual being ha having a human experience. The, the alignment factor in that is is very huge and you know you have to do some soul searching and some research outside of the podcast to connect those dots but very very big message um okay, so that my man um from watchman played played the character just one guy played my man yeah he he won the, he just won a war for that role just so shout out real quick i just saw it i, oh, I just it brought back to me all this all the stuff lined that up man so yeah shout out to my man. Uh, uh, Emmy, I think yeah, he was. it was Emmy this week. The end yeah, of last week. Like, that might have been two weeks ago. It was that long ago. I just I just saw it this weekend though. Sorry. Shouts. Got you. One time. Yeah, I still haven't seen that movie. I remember. Oh, that come on, man. Man, I know, bro. I know, man. I tell you about the movie I did see. I saw it. It was a series. I watched the whole series. Oh, it's a series. Even it's a even series. It's an, it's, yeah, it's an HBO series. Oh but man. You know what no. to do. I know you don't have yeah. it. You know what to do. Yeah, man. We're going to get our hooked up later on on the podcast and everything. We're going to be all Gucci. All Gucci. But I'm going back to UK, man. You said you and uh, you and BJ had an interesting time with the uh, the alumni event, man. Let's start there. Yeah, man. You know, it's very interesting. So I, I don't know if anybody else feels like it, but I feel like the whole um, Black Lives Matter social movement, you know, police brutality, all of that stuff is starting to, it's starting to quiet down again. Um, seems like it might be losing some steam, but it's funny how things just continue to happen over and over again. And one of those things is 
you always are bewildered as a black person as to how for, I would venture to say a lot of white people, they're just totally clueless to what happens and what we go through. And our, our alma mater is no, is no, uh, is not immune to that, mm-hmm. that possibility. So we got tapped um, by, you know, somebody we all know and love at, at UM. Um, she rallied the troops because they were looking for a focus group to interview about their experience while at the University of Miami and things like, you know, what impact did the university have on your life? Do you feel like the university um, was connected to you as a student during your time? Like that, that type of stuff. So as we always do, um, and, you know, you can go all the way back. I guess you can go back to me and then move from there. There's just a tree of student leaders and, you know, I would say influencers to use a current term that from then to now, we all stay in contact. We all keep in touch. So the people that were tapped for this focus group, we all know each other. We all talk to each other on the regular. They gave us the option to join the focus group that was just general alumni or to join the one that was supposed to be alumni of color, which, um, you know, Brett, I talked to you and you already said it, man, how do you feel that alumni of color? Um, at the time, I didn't even think about it. It's whatever, you know, just things that we're used to, people calling us all types of stuff. As I said before, nobody's ever asked us to vote on this stuff. Like, <laughs> it's never been on a ballot. Like, if anybody's ever seen on the ballot, are we called a Negro, the American Negro, African American, you know. It's color. funny how it just transitioned through it time. Just, you know, somebody just changes it. Right. I, I don't know who, but somebody like, just changes it. That's all that is. Trying what to you say somebody trying to be politically correct. That's all it is. But who? It's funny. I always think it's always some some white person too who, who comes yeah, up with this new moniker. When, when is it wrong? Like you know what? When is it wrong to say black? When is it wrong to say American? There's somebody who just says, "I don't think we should go that route no more." It's probably somebody illegal. And then ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. at the institutional level. It's, it's, it's at like a HR like convention or something. They, they vote on it or something and figure it out. But anyway, so we all coordinated and end up being on the same focus group. And the poor lady that was running it and running the questions, she had just come from the general alumni focus group, which ended up being majority white folks. Um, I think it was all actually. I'm pretty sure um but she was in shock and awe when she started asking us questions and what our answers were and us talking about how yes the university of miami is super diverse but there was no inclusion um there was only what we forced and what we created and for the greater part of the institution and no we weren't supported we just created a support network amongst ourselves of people who had figured out how to do things and we would just share amongst each other almost like an underground railroad right there um, above ground at the university and who to go to to get this and who to go to to get that. Um, And it was amazing just to see this lady start to turn red because it was the furthest thing from her vision of possibility at the time. 
And for me, I'm just like, man, how does this happen? Like even in, in, in that conversation, I ended up telling her about a time we were in the UC. We were upstairs outside the United Black Students Office. And there was a girl that was part of um, Commuter Student Affairs or whatever it was, CSA. Um, and she was terrified to talk to me or anything like that. And eventually we come to find out, I have a conversation with this girl and she says, well, um, before coming to UM, I had never seen a black person actually live and in person. I had only seen them on TV. Wow. Right, we're not talking about Alabama, you know, who obviously they clearly have a lot of black athletes and whatnot. I don't know what the rest of their student population looks like, but you know, we're not talking about someplace up in the mountain somewhere out in the sticks. We're talking about university of Miami and we're having those type of interactions and, you know, first times. You know, it's funny. Cause when I went to Miami, I was, I felt the same way because that was the first time I had been on a college campus with so many BMWs and Mercedes and, and Humvees and such. So it's like, I was awestruck like, damn, I had never seen anything like this before. Um, but I say all that to say it, it's, it's amazing what people's experiences and how that will, will feed into, uh, you know, ignorance isn't really like the right term for the negative connotation, but when you just don't have you just don't have that experience. I don't know where that young lady grew up where there was not one single black person to see live and direct. I mean, they have black people in, you know, Wisconsin and Kansas. So uh, that's kind of crazy, but it just is what it is, man. Um, and unfortunately that is what bleeds into the lack of empathy and understanding for our experience. And it's, it's just, it's unfortunate that it's not really, a real way around it until you start having those type of dialogues and conversations. Um, you know, you said your moderator, she started turning like beat red, I guess, because I was giving her, you know, so much heat and, you know, putting her on the hot seat for things that, you know, she's not quote unquote responsible for, but she has the, the platform and she asked the question. So you got to, you know, live with the answer. Uh, what was her, like, I guess, ending reaction or if there was any, a resolution or an action steps to come out of that? I wouldn't say there's a resolution. Like, now she's <laughs> clueless because she's not expecting to get these responses. So they're absolutely collecting this information for a reason um, that I would say wasn't exactly disclosed to us, per se, but they're supposed to take it back to whatever council or committee that they've created to do what Ever they're doing um mm -hmm. but that was the one thing that we asked like hey can we can we be updated on what this is going to be used for right um, as usual to reach out to our same channels to mm -hmm. to get the stuff come back because based on what we said we know there's going to be some reverb from it um and we just want to see what that reverb is but mm -hmm. i don't just want to just highlight our alma mater because i have a feeling that that's what happening in every organization I mean, business institution um similar things are happening where all of a sudden now they're trying to lead these diversity and inclusion conversations one realizing they're not qualified or equipped to lead a diversity and inclusion conversation 
um, to trying to, and I think for some of them, they have the best of intentions. They actually want to make a change and make a difference, but they just have no idea where to start, how to start, how to even have a conversation with black people, Spanish people. Um, I think right now, the, the best group that they're able to connect with is the LGBTQ um, group because I mean, they're just, they're just huge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they, they cross all the color barriers and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever else. And obviously I, I think it's different when you start talking about our LGBTQ plus community, because they have people that have been kind of undercover for a long time that are in positions of power that can push the agenda forward. Mm -hmm. Whereas for us, being undercover was never an option, right? You, you can't remove your blackness and go do whatever, mm -hmm. right? In order to push the agenda. So it's interesting and um, one of the things I saw recently was uh, this YouTube series called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And it's just interesting because something like that will gain popularity because you have now somebody that is independent from your organization or your institution that you're getting insight from without shedding light on your organization or institution. Right. Because the last thing that some of these institutions, organizations or companies want is they start getting exposed and realizing, uh oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. we're, we're part of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it's, it's ingrained in what we do. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't want our own people to call us out, but we'll go to this dependent person that, you know, we're not obligated to do anything for this guy that we're probably never going to meet. And and when you have that type of response, it just calls into question the validity of the whole effort. Because if you're not able to take a hard look at yourself in the mirror, have a little bit of accountability, you know, what is your workforce going to look at? How is your workforce gonna look at you? Like you're not truly serious because you, you can admit behind the closed door that you have an issue, but you're not ready to truly address and assess this this problem to to make it better for those who you claim or that you're putting on this program about well, that's the well, these companies who want to be part of the push to say they they're doing something versus those they're looking to look internally to make a change and make right. make things right so are we, and again it, that that's institution that's individuals as well how many individuals mm -hmm. have you seen blow up in popularity blow up because they're doing something that fits the mold of what's going on and fits the cause of what's going on right now. But the real motive behind it, the real push is, is, is for personal gain is for, it's not for a deeper understanding, a deeper connection, a deeper um, root cause analysis for change. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's them. It's like when they say, Hey, Man, you're, you're so articulate, you're not like them. You know what I mean? You're not like the other ones and think that they're providing some type of compliment, right? That's exactly why she turned beat red because their normal assumption <laughs> is like, yo, you guys were African-Americans at a prestigious university, right? 
And so you had to have had an amazing time. Like, yo, think of how lucky you are just for that. So it had to be an amazing time. I bet we're going to get some amazing stories of how, you know, wow, at least we weren't, you know, we, we weren't scraping by and we were, but it's like, no, we were still scraping by. It was still crazy. It was, you know, it was still a, a, a hard time. It was nothing of the, um, and it's weird, like people get this, um, especially uh, non-minorities have this picture of like, when they hear somebody, oh, I was the first generation to, you know, go to college or something like that. Like it was some super ceremony and everybody, like it was just, you know, roses and, and dancing your whole experience or something. What it's like, nah, man, it was fighting tooth and nail. And, and not only the pressure of just school, but also the pressure of it not being cool to do what I'm doing. And, and not even some, sometimes understood as to, to why my focus is for that instead of, you know, a trade or something else. You know what I mean? But, and, and not only that, so yeah, you were the first, which means that you were also the first not to get the same level of student aid as the mm -hmm. non-minority mm -hmm. students. Um, so you're coming out with more loans exactly. and then you're not getting the same salary exactly. as the non-minorities that come out and graduate so you just behind and behind all yep. you know by the, by the time you graduate which was supposed to be something prestigious but you actually ended up in a uh in a, in a very interesting situation once you yep. had that degree that's true <laughs> a lot of money being thrown at sally made it i could definitely use to do other things <laughs> and it is it Damn is right. a, a revolving um that's what they are in this perpetual motion of right now with it being such an exposure moment of everything right now is boiling over and that conversations, um, especially race conversations are getting had, you know, almost aggressively now and really being put out in the open. And there is a, a real line in the sand being drawn of feeling like, no, there, there can be no um, racist tolerance. You know what I mean? that has now trickled into them wanting to be able to have all these diversity, diversity, inclusion, you know, scenarios. But again, they're getting slapped in the face when they realize they have been in a sense, um, well, A, it's, it's A, they don't realize how much we hide and we don't um, allow ourselves to be who we truly are that they think is our natural state and think that it's like praising us when we feel that we are having to be this um this facade of ourselves you know what i mean instead of knowing that we are the same way like all all minorities have their 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 friend and family version and then their you know corporate work version of themselves and it's like it shouldn't be like that and i don't believe that um white America really knew and understood how much that is true. And especially across the board, they thought that, oh, well, maybe there was a few who have to do something like that, but don't realize like that is our life. Like that is what we do. And no, it is not through comfort. It is through um, adaptation of survival that we do that. And that's what they don't realize and understand. That definitely was one of the takeaways, I think, all the scenarios we talked about many different scenarios that happened while we were on campus right through the span of years of probably about a 10-year 12-year span that we were talking about um different events different things that happened um and again none of us would at the end of the call none of us said that we would take away or change the experience because a lot of the times what we walked away with and the the people we became were through those experiences how we deal with individuals, how we lead, how we 
um, just go day in, day in and day out and handle situations were developed because of the necessity to be able to adapt while we were there at, at the, while we were there in leadership position, while we were there dealing with the ups and downs and all the situations they came through day in, day out. Too many to name, too many to go through over the years, but everything from just being um, on the academic side to the social side. There were so many things that made us who we are. Like I said, it was some days, some weeks, some years was hell, but we all made it through. And a lot of, I mean, even looking at this, we even looked around that circle that was there, but looking at this podcast, it was because we found individuals like ourselves that supported each other through the process, whether that was United Black Student, whether that was a fraternity or sorority, whether that was just friends on campus that held you accountable for stuff and made you a part of stuff and brought you along. But also knowing one of the points that was made was we lost a lot of people along the way that should have finished with us because the supports weren't in place. And that's, yep. that's something that I would never forget because I remember some of the same individuals that we talk about um, that helped us. There was a lot of individuals that fell through the cracks that we couldn't help everybody. Yep. Um, they got there one semester and we never saw them again. Were there yep. for one year and didn't have a means to come back. But yep. There were those of us that if we had known all the situations, there were those of us that had already navigated those systems, they probably could have helped a lot more people finish out their time there. Yep. So let me ask y'all a question. We're gonna just deep we're gonna move on from that for a little bit, but who do you guys think is the group that's benefiting the most from the social justice equality movement at the moment. Consultants. Consultants, okay. Reason being, I mean, I haven't seen, I don't, I don't think that we've seen the fruits of any of this stuff yet. I mean, I've been on several webinars where the conversations are taking place in, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've been on webinars with the Greater Baltimore Committee where they're talking about how certain large companies, take Under Armour, for instance, have all of these social programs and things that set up. Well, most of those programs are already set up. Mm -hmm. um, Lyft, another very socially responsible company that was on that webinar. And then you had a small business, uh, Black-owned small business in the Greater Baltimore region. Um, but all of it is centered around like diversity, inclusion, mm -hmm. and getting more uh, African-Americans, Black folks into positions of power and helping them feel more more included in, in, in the company. Go ahead, you so, want to say something? So from a profession standpoint, yes. I was more so talking about from a people standpoint. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to say gender-wise as women, more specifically, I'm going to go around and say, it, right now, today, it's a toss-up between white and Black women. And, right. and I have reasons for both sides of that coin, but gender-wise, I say women have women. benefited the most because the conversations mm -hmm. have led to more of the diversity disparity um, that have always existed. But now when you throw race in, it's open the lens even more for women. Again, I'm not, I'm not upset about the, the conversation, um, but again, when I analyze everything that's going on, that would be my response to it. Yeah, so I would say, I, I agree women, 
I'm, I'm gonna go and say that white women are still ahead of minority women. But what's funny is that when you think about the fact that black men gained the right in this country to vote before white women did, and you look at how much white women have been able to do since they gained the right to vote, that's that's eye-opening. Well, didn't we, didn't, didn't the black men, once they got their votes, it kind of, they did everything they could to take it away. So even- Yeah, they did. You're, you're absolutely right. But so I think black men got the right to vote uh, 13th Amendment, maybe 18, 67? 67, something like that. Um, women didn't get the right to vote till I think the 19th 1900s. Amendment. 1900s. 1920 or so. Mm -hmm. that's, that's crazy. And then to look at again, you have this movement where in the last, I would say, three to five years, you've just seen the rise and you could go back to Sarah Palin and, you know, then and obviously Michelle Obama and, and all these things. What does it take? And I'm, I'm going to be selfish. What does it take for the black man to see that type of rise at this point, that type of progression? That's a, a whole change question. in the system that, that uh, a reformation of the system has to occur for that to happen, in my honest opinion. But uh, 1919 ratified 1920, just for the statistician out there who's going to fact check this, because um, there's always somebody in the crowd. Love you guys to keep us on point. But when you when you think about it, that the whole system has to change. Because again, I go back to Kapoor. How do you expect to, to a system to be fair to you when it wasn't even intended for you, right? When you go back to the um, everything that's, that's going on and and even so the comments, funny enough, the comments have coming up more so um, during this whole Supreme Court justice conversations that are going on in the background in the backdrop of all that's going on. Um, and one of the comments from Hillary Clinton to this lady, I, I, I tuned out that conversation so much. Um, I forget her name right now. Um, because there's so much other things going on. Amy Barrett, the actual judge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So her response was that, um, basically it was to the tune that she wouldn't change anything in the Constitution or whatever, but the fact that, and Hillary Clinton and a couple other people were responding to her that, well, if you take that stance, that means they weren't even talking about women when they were talking about that. You're talking about the freedoms and all this stuff. They weren't even including women in that whole thing. So if, you're, if your legal stance is that, that was a good time to go back to a follow-on or a foundation of you weren't even included in the in the stance that it was taken in during that time. I say that to say if you look at everything that was written, everything we're talking about gaining rights and equality from over the years and stuff, well, these are things that are added to. So the bigger system never really intended it to be a part of initially. Whenever you're adding on, it's like you're you're counterbalancing the foundation that was there, you had to dig out and redo the whole foundation, right? So you think about the constitution, the, all these pieces that are there, it's a real, I don't wanna say throw the baby out with the bathwater, but almost to that point where you need to start over again with 
what it, it is to, to talk about freedom, to talk about rights, what that really means, and how do you hold people accountable over the years, and that's legally, um, financially, and all the other pieces that come Come yeah, bro. The 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 a it's the um the slick language that is involved in the the um base of you know our constitution and everything else is no different than a house, and we can't expect that we would have a house that you're building all these extra pieces on top and on side and everything else that's gonna stay you know sound and, and constructed, it's going to eventually fall apart. And that's what's happening right now. We can't continue to try to make these little, you know, adjustments to the Constitution. It needs to be redone from the ground up because the foundation is bad. The foundation is based on not including women, not including minorities, you know, all of these things that are slick language that they use, but that's what it was based off. That's what they were doing. And so until we have a real conversation and reconstruction around that it's always going to be based and built for us to be on the back burner and in the back seat and to not have the the true opportunities to you know have that um excelling we were talking about the civil war real quick earlier i want to go back to lincoln like really the the intent of if, if he's on record saying if i if he could have ended the war without freeing the slaves it would have happened right that's on record like there was no intent for that to happen so everything after that is just a cat it was that was a catalyst of the start of at the at the national level of what had to go and again still that didn't even go into effect i mean you still have all the stuff we talked about with years stuff didn't happen years down the line i mean come on now they did the, the intent was never there the intent was never there and it was more so about and it's just what it is now we always say you want to make change follow the money affect the money and that's what it is. The South was so wealthy that there was no way for the North to, 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 to overtake and run with their agenda if they didn't cut the money. Yep. And the money was free labor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right? That's why, that's why all this wealth was built. But I, I don't know. We didn't answer the question. So, and, and we've said it on here before. Like we're talking about the constitution, but I think you got to start at the local level and work your way out to the national okay. level. Because if you look at it, that was almost a national situation. They were trying to do something on a national level and because of the local entities in the South. And then if you want to talk about Jim Crow, like all these were local things that were running that was keeping the oppression and racism alive so i think as long as you don't you can try to tackle it as a national level they'll always be pushed back and i think we'll end up having another civil war at some point um if we talk about restructuring the constitution i, I think there needs to be steps into it i guess kind of like it's weird but in my head right now i kind of played in a sense how they're um taking covid uh um recuperation and, and, and how, you know, the different states, like we have different states as different examples of how to handle stuff and what to do and what not to do. And it's that same type of situation where there needs to be states that take action of trying to implement, which is actually a good segue into the next segment with Ice Cube. As far as, I think the biggest thing is always having tangible pieces of progress, right? Having something that passed us just saying we need it, you know, we need to 
to be treated better. We need, you know, better opportunity. We need to have what, what does that, what, do, what is that? What does that mean? How is that, that, you know, how does that go about? How does that come along? We need to have those pieces of documentation to be able to, A, identify and understand, but then also be able to hold somebody, something accountable for those, you know, those things taking place. And that's the biggest thing. We have a bunch of conversations and a bunch of talking, but it's it's like, well, what is the, the actual, what are the action steps besides just, hey, we're going to have another meeting next week and talk about this stuff some more. That that's always the biggest thing. Where does rubber meet road? Where can we find actual, actionable, um, actual, actionable items that will help you know create progress as opposed to just consistent conversations of talking about it but not having anything that is like yo this is what we do this is where we go this is how we do it before we go to the ice cube segment i do want to try to answer the question i think i think y'all brought up excellent points um, when it comes to the constitution i think but i i do think that the for the black man to see the prominence, it, it goes back to identity. And I think that we have to have a better sense of identity of who we are and kind of build on it from there. Uh, because the political scene is gonna be the political scene. Um, changing the constitution or anything centered around reparations, giving away land, things like that. I agree, I think it starts a civil war. I was listening to uh, a video from a young man from the nation. I can't remember his name, but he actually like geographically through locations in the U.S. and how where the prime fertile land. It was a part partial history lesson on how the Europeans came, took this land, and everything else, and what would be adequate for the Black Americans in the country and where we should end up settling kind of start to right the wrongs of slavery and uh, taking over, taking the land from the indigenous peoples and such. Uh, but I think black, the difference between the black man and the black woman, black women, like they get up, they stand up, they shout about it. Like they've been very boisterous about these things. I don't know that I see that um, from us as men or ha I see it more now than I, we have in the past. I think we're ascending to that right but I think it really starts with the identity and understanding our rightful place within this country or within the world and, and working to achieve those things um, until we have that great sense of identity and understand workings of the world. We'll never get organized enough to be able to strategize and implement you know, the necessary actions to get to that. That's another thing I think that, um as well, an, another thing that we always talk about is the, the we, we are so unorganized, like there is no call of anything or way to ensure like, hey, this is something we need. So, hey, boom, you know, put out the call to go after it or, or that real sense of community. And it's, it's just so lost. And so it's such an ice, uh, uh, ice skating uphill battle. I won't say that because I feel like the resources, the resources are out there. I don't know that enough of us have that mind state to get to that level <laughs> I know of enough understanding. Of us don't. <laughs> I know enough <laughs> of us don't. That's why it's an ice state because I, I know even with um, like you think of just something simple as far as conscious rap, you know what I mean? And rap not just being um, 
you know, drugs, uh, partying, and, you know, killing. You know what I mean? Like that that not being the, the essential key components of popular rap music. You know what I mean? That even that little thing that you will not even, it is very rare that you will even be able to like, you know, have a conscious album, let alone, you know, feel that you hear conscious singles or, or you know what I mean? Music that is is providing some type of message or or something past just, hey, party, 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 drug, 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 drink, 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 kill, 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 sex, sex, sex. I understand why that happens though. Because we got to get that deep in, into the art though, right? I mean, just take current day situation and, and maybe I'm pulling the strings here. I look at, the data that shows, we're talking about COVID-19, right? Quarantine. The data that shows the disparity of, of death, of, of long, prolonged um, illness, things that come with Blacks in America. Yet, as soon as things open up, where are our people? Clubs are opening up. Um, you see these brunch parties that like, it's got like hundreds of people in I'm like, we know better, we don't do better and again everybody has to make the choice i'm not trying to bash anybody but when i see pictures like like seriously sometimes i think am i overreacting like by still keeping the watch over stuff and we like we we're very picky about what we do where we go who we interact with like it's, it's a limited number of stuff like that we do and even if do some regime do something we're very picky about what we do with the kids right mm -hmm. but again mm -hmm. when i see I can't wait for a club open up or people are going, hopping up and buying tickets to Hawaii and things like that. Um, when they said Hawaii was opening back up, um, like people are, yeah, the tickets are cheap, you should go. Like, nah, man. I don't, we're not, I, we're not I, like we, we had, we, we, we do stuff like put ourselves in position sometimes that because we just want to be part of, of stuff that goes on of just the, just, get out of ourselves get out of our own way again it's my personal opinion i'm sorry but i see that and i just see the crowds i'm like we know it affects us disproportionately what are we doing yeah. to combat that right now i i'm always care a i don't under um i don't feel like travel like a vacation right now is going to be fun like i don't feel like it's going to be like on some like like yeah i can get some cheap tickets somewhere but i feel like i'm going to have like, um, like, uh, like I'm gonna feel like ants are crawling on me the whole time, no matter where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna be a, a happy, go lucky, comfortable situation just because I bought some cheap tickets to Hawaii. Because the whole time I'm walking on eggshells, feeling like, damn, was this the right decision? Did I make the right decision? Was this something smart to do? And that's always the biggest thing to me. I don't understand. Like, the risk is not worth the reward to think, okay, I went out and, and, and got drunk at you know the club tonight. But now, you know, two weeks later here, I sit and I realize I done got, you know, 50 of my closest people sick and, you know, four of them already died. Like, I just don't understand, like, how that computes. Uh, again, just social pressure. You just hear yeah. people saying, oh, you know, we just can't stay cooped up. You know, we have rights and we should be able to go out and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, social, all the right in the world to go so, catch that thing. Social pressure works for everything except social justice. No, that's something that has to be uh, right taken. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Fresh, you wanted to get hit onto the Ice Cube thing, and I do think that's a, a, a great segue.
into this as I put my hands back in my pocket. Um, <laughs> right? Um, so the the contract of Black America was caught up in a bit of controversy over the last week or so because of the platinum plan and how people were trying to spin uh, Ice Cube working with both sides of the aisle to ensure some level of attention is brought to the issues and what we would consider are some of the fixes to those issues within the black community. So we want to have, you know, fresh, just give us your take on it uh, real quick. Well, um, first off, um, what happened was the, the Republican side, one of their head people was real slick and pretty much put out a tweet that left um, an open insinuation that made it seem like Ice Cube, like, you know, hit them up and helped them work directly on the platinum, uh, Trump's platinum, plan or whatever for black America. Uh, what actually happened was, you know, they reached out to him because they had heard about his plan and he had been reaching out to both sides, Democrats, Republicans, everything regarding his plan. Anybody really who would listen um, and the Democrats uh, had pretty much a stance of, look, when we get into office, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you about it. But right now, we've got, you know, other things to worry about. So pretty much just kick it to the side. Republicans, um, very slickly, of course, you know, waited until this type of time, reached out to them, said they wanted to know more about it, and then put out, you know, um, I don't know all the ins and outs, I'm assuming once they got there, you know, asked them about his, told them a little bit about, you know, their platinum, whatever plan. But, you know, that was pretty much the gist of it. You know, they had a conversation around it. There wasn't no... Uh, you know, packs or anything, you know, made, or it wasn't like he, he went down and, and showed them exactly what they needed to include in the Platinum Plus plan and like help them draw things out and put his name on it by any means. But they were very slick in how they dropped, you know, his, um, the fact that they had a conversation and made it more. And then it didn't help that um, the Roland Marlin, uh, what was it, Roland Martin, uh, buddy on BET, is extremely aggressive <laughs> in his uh, questioning of why uh, Ice Cube did it. And I mean, they just put my dog on firing squad on the show and, and, and ate him up. Um, and pretty much, you know, like put it along the lines of you're not, you're not an activist. Who are you to um, want to try to make a plan and how dare you didn't, you know, speak Listen. with some of these other um, civil rights leaders or people in the civil rights movement. Listen. Go ahead, Kay. <laughs> Y'all want to know what really happened? What really happened, Kay? It doesn't matter what really happened. Because <laughs> this is the same foolishness as to why we can't organize. Pretty because much. as soon as somebody steps forward with an agenda and wants to do something, they find a way to discredit them. And the discredit started with a silly tweet from 45 about what he wanted to do. And then guess what? We ran with the rest of it. Oh, Ice Cube's a sellout and this and that. And yeah. all these black people on yeah. TV getting on there talking about this man and all types of stuff when really and truly oh, somebody has to push the agenda. And all he's saying is, hey, look, don't vote for these jokers if they're not going to do something for us. Period. I, I think um, my, my biggest gripe is just the, the consistent Yo, what has have you done? Like so many people are quick to point this finger when it's like, man, 
Have you taken the time to even read this man's plan? And even if it is not exactly the, you know, the most uh, uh, amazing plan that you think of, just writing down what he has and, and, and getting together those points, period, to have some type of tangible things that we can say, hey, these are points that need to be, you know, spoken on and, and attributed to are, is like amazing. And the fact that we want to try to, to, to knock him down or to, it was, it was blowing my mind that people are trying to act like Ice Cube is a cool now and all this other stuff. No different than how they played Jay-Z with the NFL thing, where it's just like, wow, somebody's track record where like, especially like Ice Cube, his whole career literally has been based on in trying to advance and, and acknowledge, you know, the advancement of black people and, and all of this stuff that you think for some reason now in the in the fourth quarter, in overtime, this man decides that he's a coon and, and it's all for nothing, that it's it's just heartbreaking. Listen, man, listen, you that know what? You know what just it I can't stand it. There are people that I hold near and dear. I hate it when people say Barack Obama did nothing for us. Yeah, yes. It's crazy. Yes. Like the yes. amount of intelligent but like yes. uninformed people that spew rhetoric like what you just said or talking crazy about this country of black America or because even we had here's the thing. The guy we, we saw we had that in the house said that. Yes, yes. Uh the mover. Yes, mm -hmm. one of the one of the people that helped move my stuff in. Mm -hmm. What's what is ridiculous is that there are people out there that will die for Michael Jordan's legacy and to defend him. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Does Michael Jordan have a longer standing impact on our people or does the, the symbol of Barack Obama and what was able to happen, does that carry more weight? Thank you. And then, and then if you really want to start measuring, how much has Michael Jordan done and has he consistently done it for our people compared to just Barack Obama becoming president of the United States. Like, I just don't understand our scale sometimes. But it's, no, it's uh, because we have the Jordan scale. But what do you mean? <laughs> People die over Jordan, son. Ain't nobody ever got no Obama's dog. That is, is, that's the, the, the messed up mentality that we have. And, and, and it's, it's heartbreaking that, that we do that, that it's, it's the, wow, you really, um, feel that just the fact that he was elected like that that broke and, and made so much more possible for us like there was never no time when I was a shorty that I truly believed I could be president never no time even though you know people talk about there was never I was like man it's not gonna happen like you know what I mean I'm not gonna see like there was never no time I even slightly thought even when um Barack was first campaigning that I really, I, I had hope, but I didn't think so. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's just like, man, just that alone is, is earth shattering. And, and again, look, self-sabotaging. I don't understand. It's just so deeply ingrained. We will self-sabotage ourselves. We will self-sabotage any possibility. We expect whoever comes out in the forefront with an agenda, a plan, or wants to lead, we expect them to be a saint and to just be, you know, spotless with, with no record of anything. Meanwhile, and not only that, they have to execute perfectly because that's the other thing that everybody's on. Oh, well, Ice Cube ain't talked to this person or he ain't do that or X, Y, Z. And it's like, man, hold on. If you started a business, right, 
and in your image because realize he started this like this year maybe at the end of the last year that like yo if somebody just had a spotlight on your business the whole time and was just every move that you make it's no different you know what i mean you're not just going through starting some new business or some new opportunity doing the right things every freaking time and talking to every right person at the exact right moment every you know every freaking day it's like yo you're gonna talk to some more people i know one of the um things they were bringing up was his alignment with i don't even know the name of the group um but they're pretty much a group who's seeking reparations is strong on you know saying they're they're looking to get reparations i can't remember the name of the group but like that was their one of their focus things in um because one of the strongest pieces of one of the biggest um points of uh ice cubes document is that the impact falls to uh descendants of slaves and that right. it's not about um, just minorities, the whitewashing of minority progression, but really making sure it impacts, you know, real black Americans. And that, you know, in one of the groups that he's aligned himself with, they have that focus, but then their real focus is like on reparations and like Roland and them ate him up. Oh, ain't no reparations coming this that and third. But it's 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 like, yo, it we still need to speak to the fact that we need to make sure there is some type of you know, tangible progressional pieces for us that it isn't whitewashed through minority, you know, rhetoric and in and, and speech that it is about impacting us. It doesn't have to be reparations, but it has to be something that helps. At, at the end of all this, it goes back to one word, and that's politics, right? We're in the time right now where politics is governing every single conversation that we have going around. What are the policies? What are accountability measures, what are all the things built into the system, right? When you look at the conversation that was had and go back to simple basic facts, we're in election year, presidential election year, right? Whether this was local government or this is on the national level, when you want something to pass it on the political level, what you do? You either have a platform that you know is going to win, right? And right now, the way our system is set up, Unless there's unless everybody turns out like they should, there there's a possibility it could go either way, right? And I think we have to acknowledge that at the end of the day, there's still a possibility that this election, nobody knows how it's really gonna shake out at the end of the day. Because numbers are numbers, and when people come, electoral college, you get in all those conversations, many different things can happen. But if you want to ensure that some ounce of progress is made that we can, if this is the possibility that another four years can't happen like the past four years. So what do we need to put in place, um, start putting in place now to ensure that the outcome is something that's, that, that benefits the minority group, that benefits Blacks in America? You have conversations, and I'm not saying extend a, a hand that we're, we're, to welcome you in. We're extending the hand to say, hey, you need to come to the table and have conversations about all the people that you're going to make policies for. You need to come to the table and understand that there's not going to be another four years of it like this was. That there needs to be some things in place from both sides. And the fact that the, the statement was the Democratic Party said, yeah, we'll talk about it after we get into the, into the seat. Well, that goes back to the conversation before about taking people for granted, right? When I know Biden was under the hot seat before about if you're not black, if you don't vote for, vote for me, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff rooted in that uh, about people assuming things. 
well, hell, if, if there's a possibility that either side may win, we need to have a plan. That agenda needs to be in place for both sides. If it's A, then this is B, we have some parts of this, but you need to make sure this is a part in there too. Again, it's all politics. And that's you can only get playing. You, you can only get there when you take the emotion out of it. And I think that's a problem with black people is that we, we respond too emotionally sometimes to these types of things. Oh man, I'm most of this. <laughs> I posted I posted on my IG. You can have the emotion or you can have the result, but you can't have both. Right. And we're in a situation where you're playing against people that emotion doesn't drive anything that they do. They are results driven. We got a, We need another conservative view on the on the uh, Supreme Court. Amy Barrett. I don't care what we said last week or last month or last year. Power is what we doing. Right, what we're using right now. So when you understand that and take the emotion out of it, I understand Biden said what he said. You know, if you you're not black, if you don't vote for me, should he say it? No. Does it make sense? Absolutely. When you're looking at what the op the other option is, there's no there's there's no there's no uh, no no fighting against that. You know, you you have to get Trump out of office. So, yeah, you got to hold them accountable. But just because a party or a number forty five dangles the carrot or something shiny in front of you just two weeks before an election or three weeks before an election, does that does it make sense to say, oh, they have my interests, you know, more at heart than the next person? Like, like you said, BJ, it's politics. You got to be on both sides of the fence. I know people that donate on both sides of the fence because at the end of the day, it's your interests that mm -hmm. need to matter. Now, I don't think we have a better chance if 45 stays in office of those interests being met. I think it's better on the Democratic side, but who knows? Things can change, people can change, but you got to take the emotion out of all of these decisions and, and really look at it for what it's worth and what we're what we're trying to accomplish you know what i'm Man, saying like you got to take the emotion out you have to like I, I don't people look at these politicians and they feel like they're you know they're supposed to be perfect right i think people forget joe biden is 77 years old all right your your 77 year old grandma grandpa they be saying whatever they want to. <laughs> you're not getting emotional about it. You're letting it go because, you know, they're 77 years old. They're going to say some crazy stuff. Right? But right. what is the intent? Right. Exactly. I had, um, it was funny. I had uh, <laughs> one of my uh, white associates. I'm, I'm, I'm tough pressed. They call them a lot of people friends nowadays, especially a lot of these high school folks. Um that hit me up and pretty much was like, hey, I'm not trying to, you know, get into no political thing or X, Y, Z. Um, but I noticed you got a lot of, um, he was pretty much along the lines, are you, are you pro-Biden? Are you just anti-Trump? Because I noticed you post a lot of um, anti-Trump stuff. And I was just like, pretty much like, you know, I kept it to, you know, Trump is a racist in story type stuff. His reply was a long, um, well, what about Biden's policies, you know, from back in the day and, and X, Y, Z, and he did it. And I was like, look, I, I'm not denying any of that. But if you want to think about where I'd rather put my trust as far as right now, um, if I look at Obama, like I think that 
Biden did all of that stuff that you want to try to bring up as so racist and, and, and that he was all, you know, all of this. Um, he did all of that before he was vice president, right? I think that Obama and his team for sure did a, a, a way stronger job of ensuring that he was, you know what I mean? Whatever crooked views he had back then have been changed, you know what I mean, by now, as opposed to whatever your little internet research is is qualifying for what you think that he hid for his eight years under a black man. You know what I mean? That is just like, it's always funny. But I always go back, that was politics of the day. People get on Clinton, people get on Bush, people get on Reagan. The politics that were done at that day were what they saw was best for that time. Exactly. People, Period. I, I, I'm trying to say, people are not thinking the next president. People are not thinking 10 years down the road, 10 years down the road. So if I'm voting on something today, if the swing is about, oh, we have to tighten up on drugs and, and, exactly. um, and prisons and things like that, where, is, where am I going to get the votes? Where are the people going? That was the thing, because it was the 80s. It was the war on drugs. It was criminal, criminalization of everything like that. Did it? disproportionately affect blacks yes but were weren't most blacks the ones talking about our neighborhoods this and everything exactly that? what what policies are we going to put in place so the policies that were enacted at that point in time were the ones that ultimately put more blacks in jail i'm not saying it is right but it was democratic or depending on who you voted or what the time that was the politics that was that was really steering the the country at the time and what was needed mm -hmm. so the policies they were put in place to quote unquote clean up the black neighborhoods or do this yes it disproportionately affected black folks i'm not again i'm not saying it's right but if you look at the politics that it drove it there was a reason why it drove it because people were screaming for reform people were screaming for change and the ultimate effects of that was well if these you want this this is going to be the thing you're going to have to give up unfortunately we saw a lot of people out in those things and that's from both sides of the political party mm -hmm. again you can bring up things that were voted on in the 70s and the 80s and 90s i get it but again would the same people vote the same way now with those same things would probably no exactly and, and listen once again we talking about politics right so when president obama was was going to be in office and they chose joe biden and his running mate it was for a reason, reason. they were scared of joe they did not want Crazy Joe to end up being the president if they had killed President Obama, right? Look at it now. If Joe Biden wins, you don't think that some, somebody out is, well, well, if Joe wins, we're going to kill him. That's what we're going to do. 100%. Do. 100 said, I think that. Wait a minute. Slow down. You can't <laughs> kill Joe because if you kill Joe, this black woman is going to be president of the United yep. States. Joe must live. <laughs> hey, it's just like people are doing with Trump you know I mean? I, right don't, now. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it at all. Listen, these yes, strategic yes, yes. moves all day, every day. Yes. Um, yes. But at the end of the day, look, don't put all your hope in whoever is, is, is your candidate. Don't do it. Candidate, a party, or nothing. You, you don't you, put your you, hope. You, you Still got work to do. Exactly. Cast your vote. Everybody that's out there, I voted with a little sticker. No, 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 no. I continue to be involved. Let me see that sticker. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the one to that's make those. Count. That might that might be another shirt we need to make. I'm gonna continue to be involved. A button. So I can throw okay. it on my yep. uh, on my jacket. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yep. 
There it is, man, ladies and gentlemen. All right. And I know you burning to jump in on this conversation, man. So I'm gonna throw it to you for the corner. It's so funny, man. Like politics is like is like to art is like BJ sports. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no. I, uh, <laughs> we talk about sports and BJ fades to the background. We talk politics. You just see art just fade to the. <laughs> because it, it's so it's a lot that the whole, the whole podcast today. Uh, was an area that I can say 100%. I, I have not had the Debbie in completely. Um, so for my corner today, I, I'm going to just focus on, there's some times where um, you're in the room as an observer. And it's okay to, to understand, listen, and see different views um, to understand the full story of things. Uh, just because you haven't personally um, felt that, that emotion, that movement, that thought, doesn't mean that it's not an actual thing. Uh, for you, your culture, your um, your ability, uh, just take it in and learn. I mean, the best thing you can do is learn. And today, I learned a lot um, because, again, my my human experience is different. I had a wonderful time. If I was in a call, I'd be the guy like, no, it was cool. But <laughs> my view, like, I was. It was just, and all of you know me. I just, I either I somehow swerved through all that and didn't get any concerns. Now, I did hear from each of you and all of your concerns you had there, but I never personally got that rock thrown at me. Um, so it, it's to me, it's like, oh, well, I guess it happens to people. Um, but at the same time, I have been way more confident now and way more involved in the political aspect of moving forward and, and, and the, uh, the general elections and then the, the elections that come afterwards, I don't the name of that one, but the one that comes every two years, um, midterms. Midterms. So getting involved with that, because that's where change happens. The present one is, is the big head, but a lot of those midterms where all the real things tend to change for you locally. But, um, you know, yeah. So ending off, sometimes it's okay to learn, observe, and, and get the information in and be a student to the conversation than having to force yourself in there and say something you don't know about. So open your mouth, remove all doubt. There it is, man. Before I go to Carol to close us out, man, I want to remind everybody to get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, Vimeo, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, we post it up on Anchor. Uh, we got the website coming soon. Um, all right, did I miss anything? Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You didn't miss anything, but if you're watching us on the old channel, uh, the end of this month, it will be going away. So uh, please Please subscribe to the new channel. Um, you should be seeing a link up top right about earlier, and I'm going to do it again right now. So you can see it, click on the link, subscribe to the new channel coming your way. There it is. There it is. BJ, let me get your final thought, and then we're going to go to Kay to close us on now. The art, art says something I want to make sure we don't over, overlook real quick. Yes, we have a presidential election out here, but there are other things on the ballot. You need to do your research before you go. There's judge elections. There's from the primaries you voted on, if you voted back in September, where were we at? Yeah, September. Like those those runoff races now are going on now, right? Mm -hmm. There's other amendments at the state level, at the local level. There are other things on the ballot. So make sure you look at the ballot before you go request a ballot, do your research, because there are other things on there. Yes, nationally we had to vote, whichever way happens, but the stuff you vote on locally has to matter too. Don't go in there, um, unconscious of what's going on locally as well so please do that research don't go in there like larry hogan and write in ronald reagan uh as a damn candidate ridiculous 
Coach K, we on you, man. What you got for the people? Um, man, listen, if if you are a black male that listens to this podcast, I am charging you with the responsibility of, of sending us your thoughts, your opinions on how we can be more relevant. Uh, we need to start putting our thoughts together and there's no time like the present. So please, we would love to hear from the brothers out there that listen to this podcast. Um, however you're going to do it, whether you want to reach out to us individually, um, if you want to leave comments, absolutely do it. But we got to, we got to do something. <laughs> it's, it's, this is sad. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that we haven't made more progress than what we have. And I get it. The, the odds are stacked against us, but at some point, we can't we can't look at the odds anymore. We just got to move forward. Where where's our three hundred? We need a three hundred to overcome the odds. But on a bigger level, what I want to say is, and I'm gonna get a little rhyme in here, but it's all good. Um, but your victory will not be in the success of the presidency. The victory will come in your advocacy after someone is elected president. Let me say it again. The victory will come in your advocacy after someone is elected president. Meaning, don't just go to the polls and feel like, oh, I did my job. I'm good for the next four years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'm good for the next two years. No, there's some stuff going on in your local community that you could impact. And somebody referenced earlier about the war on drugs and all that stuff. If we had come up with a way to handle that in-house, we would have needed somebody to create a law. We would have needed somebody that ended up incarcerating all these black males. If we could find a way to impact one another, influence one another, then we don't depend on anybody else. And if we can do that, then we can start organizing the way that we need to and gaining the influence over our own people. Because right now, anybody that tries to gain influence, we let somebody else influence us as to whether or not that's somebody that we should believe in or we should follow. Why is that? When will we change that narrative? Every leader we've ever had, they try to tear them down some way. And we, we, we fall for it, hook, line, and sinker every single time when will we realize what the greater good is a lot of you going to go out there and you're going to vote for the candidate that you think will be the greater good but we won't cast a vote for ourselves so when does that change when do we start realizing that we're going to have to get behind people that look like us that will be for the greater good and know that the slander campaign is going to happen they're going to bash that person. They're going to bring up things in their past and we're going to fall for it. Even though these folks have things that are so egregious in their past and we, we give them, we give them a pass. Oh, that's okay. They're, they're, they're still going to cut my taxes or whatever it's going to be. We got to get smarter and we got to make better decisions. And it starts with um, us as individuals and you got to do the right thing. Focus on you first. You do the right thing. Vote for you. Vote for you to do the right thing. You execute. Execute your plan. 
and then we can talk about somebody else's play. Agreed. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. 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 Amazing.